Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Just Janice Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Rebecca Morris on the podcast today. She is a fiery woman of God with a powerful testimony that I cannot wait for you to hear. Welcome, Rebecca. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on. I know this is going to be such a good episode. I'm excited to have you on here. So I thought we'd just start out with some five fun facts to kind of get to know you so that listeners can get to know a little bit of who you are before we dive into your story. You up for that? Yes, definitely. All right. Number one is tell us something that's on your bucket list. Well, I have never, ever traveled out of the States. I have been stuck here <laughs> my whole life. So I really, really want to go to Italy someday. That's um, I did a report on it when I was a kid and just kind of fell in love with it. So that is on my bucket list to get to Italy at some point in my life. All right, girl, you buy a big suitcase and I'll stuff myself in it. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to Italy? Ago, yeah, I was at Olive Garden a couple of weeks ago and they had a picture of the gondola and the river. And I was just like, I want to be there. But I guess I'll just stick go to the booth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second question. What is your favorite quote or scripture or both? I'll do both because I... I have both that are just amazing. And um, my favorite scripture is 2 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10. Um, It's, yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Um, That verse is just amazing because it's just not only in the past present and future it's everything like he is he's not stopping when he he delivers you one time he's going to do it again and again and again and again he's going to continually lift you up through all of your trials and that just blows me away it's one of my favorite scriptures that I stand on I love it because I believe I did have the sentence of death and he raised me out of that so that's my favorite scripture Um, And my favorite quote is by a French philosopher, Albert Camus. He said, I would rather live my life as if there is a God and die to find out there isn't than live my life as if there isn't and die to find out there was. Wow, that's powerful. I love the scripture. And that is such a good quote. And and I've heard that too. And in other ways where it's like, okay, well, if I, if I die and find out there isn't a God, what have I lost? But if you die and find out there is a God not believing you've lost everything and that, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge thing to think about. I mean, if you're wrong, that's, that's a big deal. That's eternity. Yeah. And it never ends. Yeah. Never ends, so, wow. All right. Number three is a little more lighthearted. If you could have a coffee date with anyone past or present who would you choose it's lighthearted, but that one was like the toughest question for me um I had a couple I mean 
if I would, I wouldn't mind sitting down with my husband who passed away um, and asking him some questions and telling him some things that I wanted to tell him. Um, but also I would love to sit down with David Wilkerson. Um, he's probably one of the greatest preachers that I have known and listened to. And I would love to just sit down and listen to him talk about the Lord for a while. That would be pretty amazing. Oh, I will join you for that too. I, yeah. I got on a David Wilkerson kick a few years ago. I was listening to his messages like hours and hours. Oh ago. my gosh. They're yes. so good and so real and just straight to the point. I mean, he does not um, beat around the bush. That's no, for sure. No, no fluff. I was no in New fluff. York, New York a couple of months ago and went to uh, Ricky or not Ricky. What's his name? Nikki. Nikki Cruz was yes. preaching um, at Times Square Church. And so I got to go there and it just felt like, oh. This is just so cool to see the legacy that lives on beyond and, you know, obviously reading the cross and the switchblade and seeing how the ministry started and how he just stepped out in faith. And, and now the lives like just, yeah, the lives that have been impacted, yes. the legacy that's there, the ministry that's continuing on, like it's a beautiful thing. So yes, yes. it is. That's so good. Yeah. If you go with David Wilkerson, I'm definitely coming with you. Get me a Carl Macchiato and I'll just okay. sit quietly. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I love Carl Macchiato's too. <laughs> my fave. My fave. Yes. So number four is who are your heroes slash role models? Um, definitely my mom and dad. Uh, my mom and dad have been there through everything with me and have never, ever left my side. They are the reason that I, I know how to love unconditionally because they did it for me. Um, yeah, they are definitely it. And then I have, uh, Pastor Phil and Michelle McLean, uh, the director of the Western Michigan Teen Challenge in Muskegon. Um, they are definitely my spiritual mother and father that helped me through so many difficulties and through my addictions and all of that and are still my friends to this day who I love very, very much. Oh, that's beautiful. I think they came to my church a couple of years ago when you said that their names, I'm like, mm. I know those names. Yeah. So I go, I go to um, the assembly of God in union city. So I'm pretty sure they were there. Oh, and for sure. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. Shout out mom and dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Last one is what is one thing that God is teaching you in this season? Um, right now I would have to say that he is teaching me that grace is so, so, so important in our lives right now. And that loving unconditionally is a must, no matter what people do, no matter what people are going through, there's always a reason and you have to give them grace and you have to give them the love that they need, or they're just going to fall apart even more. And we don't know what people are going through. And we just need to understand that we are here to love and we are here to give grace and we are here to be there for people, not to judge them for what they're going through, but just to give them the grace that God does. And to let him deal with that, not us. Mm, that is so good. And the Lord is really challenging me when you're saying that. It was reminding me of uh, just how he was challenging me a few years back with literally that same message of like, you have no idea outside of a word of knowledge, you know, unless the Lord reveals it to you. You have no idea what people are going through, what they've gone through. And right. yeah, grace is is just something that we are sometimes it's easy to receive but hard to give or sometimes it's the other way around where it's easy to give but hard to receive for ourselves so yeah has to be both so very yeah. good so tell us about you what is your story who is Rebecca 
Well, I am from Kentwood, Michigan, born and raised, and I went to a Christian school, Triunity Christian School, um, my whole life. My mom worked there, so we were there a lot. We always had to wait after school for her. <laughs> um, it was a great upbringing. My parents were amazing. Um, but uh, at the age when I was 16, I just kind of started to fall off and started desiring uh, more of a, attention from people. Um, not good attention, though. It ended up being just... I enjoyed being looked at. I enjoyed being um, found attractive by men and all of those things combined. It just led me to go for, I don't know, the attention for the wrong reasons. Um, and then uh, when I was 18 years old, I started working in adult entertainment and uh, that led me down a really, really awful path where I met a lot of bad people. I was not in a good crowd. I was just extremely messed up by the world. Um, so many things had happened that had made me, from growing up as a Christian and then jumping into this lifestyle, all because I wanted attention. It just, it was the devil just coming after me because he knew what I wanted. He knew that I just wanted to be paid attention to and loved, but I ended up falling into the trap of the world's love and the world's attention. And, um, by the age of 20, I was a full-blown cocaine addict. Um, I was doing it every day. I didn't stop for seven years. Um, I ended up becoming an alcoholic as well during that time, addicted to opiates. Um, every other drug basically that they were doing at parties I was doing. And so for seven years straight, I did that. Um, that was my life. And I ended up at 26, I was pregnant with my daughter. And I was at that time a severe crack addict um, and did not stop during that whole time. I was thinking about this on my way home because it just, it still breaks my heart to this day that I was able to be a human being that could do that. But I do remember when I was pregnant for her, um, I could feel her moving one night and I was using and I laid my hand on my stomach and I just started praying for her because I knew that God could save her. I still knew what I was taught when I was raised, what I was raised to believe. And I believed in the Lord and I knew that he was real and I knew that he could save her even though I couldn't stop. And I prayed for her that day. And it was almost like the Lord sobered me up for that minute. And I just prayed and I laid my hand on my stomach and I just rubbed it and I prayed for her. And I ended up having my daughter and she, she is a miracle. She had no drugs in her system. She was fine. Um, a complete miracle to this day. She's beautiful. She's almost 18 years old now. But because of that, everyone found out about my addiction because they were watching me a lot more closely. And um, her father found Western Michigan Teen Challenge and got me into that program. So I spent 14 months there with Pastor Phil and Sister Michelle McLean. And that was where I found the Lord. I walked in there 92 pounds. I'm 5'6". Um, I was disgustingly skinny. Um, but when I walked through the door as a teen challenge, I felt like every single chain was just broken and I was finally free. And um, it was an amazing year. We went on rallies. Uh, I shared my testimony with 
tons and tons of people at different churches and the Lord just really blessed my life. And after I graduated, I left, I got a great job. Um, for four years, I was just living a sober life. I was working full time, um, taking care of my daughter every other weekend. I never really regained custody of her because of that. Um, which is, you know, um, it's, it's something that I've had to live with, you know, you, you have consequences from your actions that you just have to deal with. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people relapse because of that, because, you know, you, when you make all those bad choices, you don't just come out of it scot-free. You, you do have to make up for some stuff. And one of my consequences was losing custody of my daughter, but we have an amazing relationship. I've been able to see her so much. So it's still been a blessing. Um, but four years later, after I had left Teen Challenge, I was living a sober life and just loving the Lord, going to Bible studies and um, just doing what I knew what I needed to do. I met my husband, Glenn, um, and we were married for four years and he struggled with his addictions still. And um, in March 2012, they found his body in a motel. He had been dead for a week from an overdose. And when I found that out, I knew he was using, he had overdosed times uh, before during our marriage, but something happened that day. And uh, it was almost like somebody switched a light off in my head and there was nothing left in me. I had become an empty shell. Um, I didn't want to live anymore. I went back to drugs. I went back to alcohol for a year and seven months. I ran the streets. I lived in crack houses um, doing everything I could to try to kill myself. I just didn't want to live. I was miserable. I couldn't believe that I could be saved out of the mess that I was in, get married and then lose my husband like that. And I was very angry at the Lord for that. I blamed him, even though it was nothing of his fault. There was nothing to do with that. But in my mind, I was just angry and I think I just needed to blame somebody. So I chose him and I ran in the wrong direction. Instead of running to the only one that could have saved me during that time, I ran far away from him and just kept on running. And an amazing miracle happened when I was living in one of the crack houses that I was in. Um, the stranger came and sat next to me. I was on the porch. He just started talking to me. His brother lived in the house below and he just looked at me finally and was like, Rebecca, what are you doing here? And I just started crying for the first time in a year and seven months, everything hit me and I started just crying and I told him everything. And this is a stranger. I don't even know this person. And he asked me if he could just get me out of there. And I said, yes, it took him five different times to come back there to get me out of there. But I eventually went with him. Um, he didn't lay a single hand on me. He let me come to his place. He let me sober up, shower, eat, and literally treated me like a family member. It was the, the craziest thing. And all the while I knew that it was the Lord. I did. And in the, after three days, he told me, he's like, well, you know, your parents want you to go back to Western Michigan Teen Challenge to get better. He's like, do you want to do that? Or do you want to just disappear? I mean, what do you want to do? You tell me. And I, I, the only thing that I thought of was my daughter at that moment. Um, when he asked me that question, I said, I want to go to Teen Challenge. I want to go back and get help. So my parents came and picked me up.
They made me pack for like 20 minutes. They didn't give me any time because they just wanted me to go. <laughs> they wanted me to go get the help that I needed. And on the way there, my dad asked me, the gentleman that helped me, his name was Randy. And my parents asked me when I met him. And I told my dad, I met him Thursday. And my dad just started crying because he was praying all morning on Thursday that somebody, anyone, that the Lord would bring somebody to that house to get me out of there. So everything that just happened that day, that was all the Lord. He sent this complete stranger to this house. This person said he even felt like I was his sister. He wouldn't lay a hand on me. He just wanted to help me. And he didn't really even know what he was doing. It was the Lord. The Lord can use anybody to save you, anybody. And my dad at the time was right down the street. They were handing out missing persons pictures of me. And um, and I never even knew that until that day that they took me up there. And I went back and I struggled for a long time still after that. I was so depressed and I just could not get out of it. So I ended up going back to Teen Challenge again in 2017. And I worked there and stayed on staff for three years and during that three years, helping those girls and encouraging them and not thinking about myself for a change got me out of my own head. And the Lord slowly over those three years just got all the dirt out, all the grime and healed me and took away the depression and the sadness and the grief. I was able to finally grieve my husband's death and to grieve my past and to let things go and to move forward. And, and now I am back to my old career. I left Teen Challenge about a year ago from working there and I went back to my old career as a CMM programmer. Uh, it's just a technical career in quality and I'm doing really well. Um, God has just completely changed my life. I don't have any of that misery anymore. That depression is completely gone. And I really never thought that that was going to disappear. I didn't know why it was still there and why I couldn't get rid of it. But there were so many things I wasn't releasing to him. And through those three years, being at that teen challenge, it's like you're 24-7 you're Jesus. That's all you do. You don't have social media. You don't have any outside um, you know, newspapers or anything like that. You're just loving on Jesus all the time, worshiping the Lord all the time. And, and so now I have a home, I have my own house by myself and, um, great job, a great family, my daughter, um, everything has just turned around and the Lord, is always watching over me during this last year since I've been home. It's just so obvious that he is guiding me in everything that I do. Everything, just every little thing he is watching over me and protecting me. And this time I know that I know that I know that I can't do life without him. I can't as an ex addict and an ex alcoholic, there is nothing you can do to stay sober except stay close to the Lord. Nothing. I read my Bible every single morning when I get up. I'm in prayer every single morning when I get up. That is my survival kit. I can't do it without it. And I love the Lord with all my heart. Nothing is going to come in between me and him ever again. Um, I just know that I need him. And I know that he is the reason that I'm alive. And I know that he kept me alive during all of that stuff 
12 years total as an addict and I'm still alive. You know, it's, it's a miracle and it's a miracle that my daughter's alive. It's a miracle that I can have a job that is as hard as the job that I have and be able to do it after being an addict for so long to be able to think clearly, to be able to do daily things every day that I do without any trouble. You know, that's only the Lord. And it took me, it took me a couple relapses to get there, but I know now that I can't go a day without him. I can't go a day without my word. I need him to speak to me. I need him to listen to him every second. And I need his wisdom on everything. I mean, he is in control. Mm. That's so beautiful. I'm like sitting here getting wrecked. And I'm like, okay, Janice, like get it together. Cause I, I, for the, for everyone listening, like I haven't heard Rebecca's story. We connected through social media and, we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast that we were both just kind of sharing our story and how like people could look at our lives and literally be jaw dropped. If we were to share the things that we've gone through (laughs) because God has done such a work in her life that you would be shocked because when you see her, you don't see that person anymore because like the Bible says, anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things are gone, passed away. Behold, he makes all things new. And so I, I'm one, just thankful that you're willing to come on here and share the real parts of your story. When I started my podcast a few years ago, the Lord gave me like the beginning intro of of my podcast is, you know, we're going to share real life stories from other believers. When I declared that I had no plans of anybody coming on my podcast, it was just like (laughs) a prophetic declaration of vision from the Lord. And so like you being on here, sharing your story, I know is going to impact so many people. And I love that you talked about the realness of your story, that it wasn't just a one-time thing. You relapsed and God pulled you out again and you relapsed. So for the people that are listening, that may be in that place where they're like, well, God already gave me a chance and I, and I messed up, you know what, get up again, because God is still there for you and still for you. And his mercies are new every morning. He delights in showing mercy. He's rich in mercy. Like I just, I love the word of God. And I love that you hit on how important and foundational that is for you because we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that happens through the word and through prayer. And so it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. So there's a scripture that you posted on your social media, which is really what like triggered me to like, I just, you caught my attention when you shared that. And and I love it. And I have the same scripture highlighted in my own Bible, my little pink study Bible <laughs> that I love so much. Um, it's Psalms 107, 14. It says, he brought me out of darkness and the shadow of death, and he broke my chains into pieces. Ugh, I'm going to read yes. that because it is so powerful. I can just scream. <laughs> it says, he brought me out of darkness and the shadow of death, and he broke my chains into pieces. So I love the visual of seeing the chains that once held us bound being completely obliterated. And so often we reshackle ourselves by our past or by shame or by enemy lies. But we know that the word says in Galatians 5, 1, that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free and we're instructed to stand fast. Or another word that is used a different translation is to stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and to not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So how do we get free, Rebecca? How do we get free and how do we stay free? Um, Well, we get free by asking for help, for one. A lot of people that are using um, an addiction, uh, alcoholism, they're ashamed and they don't want to ask for help. And um, that's one thing that I do being on Facebook and any Teen Challenge graduates or anybody who ends up in trouble. I, I want them to know that I'm here for them and a lot of them do reach out to me when they're using because you got to reach out first. And because you got to tell somebody, you can't keep it hidden because the devil loves that. He loves it when we are in secret. 
because he can just torment us in our minds constantly when we're like that. Um, tell the truth, shame the devil. That's one of the things that we've always said in my life. Tell the truth, shame the devil. And just to ask for help and then to get into somewhere that can help you or get into your word. I mean, the word is going to save you. The word transforms us. And if you read it daily, it's going to transform you, whether you want it to or not. It is going to do it. That's why they call it the living word, because it's alive. And um, and just not to give up and to ask for help and to pray and to read the word and just to just to rely on God to get you through. The second you give yourself to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm here. I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I need your help things start to happen. And if you open your eyes, you can see it. Like he starts working in your life and he starts sending people in your direction. It's just amazing. It's happened to me so many times. I mean, after my life, I can't tell any, I mean, nobody can tell me that God isn't real. I've had miracle after miracle. I, I, I took 150 pills trying to take my life one night and he wouldn't even let me die because he had a plan for me. And that's what I kept hearing him say when I did that is that I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. And if people could realize how amazing he is and that he is in control and whatever you do, he's going to do what he wants to do in your life. You're going to have a purpose and he has a purpose for you and he wants you to live that purpose. So I just seek help. Just find someone, find me. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'll definitely post your social handles for anyone who maybe on here who is struggling with addiction or just wants to find freedom, wants to know about more about the Lord, whatever, or maybe you have people in your family that do that. You're like, this girl could really help me. I want to reach out to her. I will definitely post your socials so that people can reach out. So you had another post on your social media. So I love social media. Obviously I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm a millennial. And I believe when people like downplay, like, you know, there is a lot, you have to be careful with social media, obviously, but the God, God can so use it. And he has through my life. And so I'm an advocate for it being used correctly, but you had another post on there recently that you shared and it was your story of, and I'm quoting this sober, saved, sanctified, and set free, which I loved. I loved. So why is it so important for all of us to unashamedly share our story? If we continue to share our stories, then other people are going to come forward. And that is the whole purpose. God does not take people out of huge messes like mine or like anybody else's just to sit still and be quiet. He doesn't do that. He did it for a reason. And I know like even in myself, when I try just to pretend that I didn't live like that and that wasn't me, I get anxious. I get worried. I, I start like... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like there's a fire inside of me that has to say it. And he doesn't want me just to sit still because there's so many people out there that are still hurting. And if I don't share my story, then why then why would they share it with me? Every time I share my story, whether it be at my workplace, which I do all the time. I love that. I love bringing my story into the workplace at the right time with the right people. The Lord always shows me who it is and when to speak. And when I do that, I just watch him work. Like, it's almost like we just, by sharing our story, you just plant a little seed and then you just watch God do what he's going to do with it. It's amazing. And if you stay quiet, that's not going to happen. And by sharing my story, it has healed me. The more I've shared it, especially being a teen challenge, I was the intake coordinator and I was mentoring and I was able to share my story with those girls 
as they, and then they would share theirs with me. And, and that's the only way to do it. It's going to make people more comfortable around you to be able to get out what they have to say. There's so many people, even in the church that are struggling, that are so afraid to talk about it because they're embarrassed, but there's nothing to be embarrassed about. That's the devil too. The devil's going to do that to people. He wants to put shame on you. He wants to make you feel stupid about it. And that you shouldn't talk about it, that it's not okay, but it is okay. Cause that's why there's grace. God gave us grace and we have mercy and we just need to let it go, let it out. And as soon as we do that, he can start the healing process. Amen. Amen. That is so good. I love that you talked about it from both sides of like, <sighs> why it's so important that we share our story and then why other people need our story. And I know for me, and I shared this with you before we started that I, the Lord really challenged me a few years back to like not hide my story because I was in the same place where I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. Parts of my story, totally open, vulnerable, don't mind sharing. But then God has called me to get uncomfortable sometimes and have to admit things that I've done. And it's always an, it's inevitable that anytime that I have done that, whether it's on the podcast or I'm speaking on a platform, whatever that is, that there's someone there who is still stuck in that bondage or still in that place where they need freedom and they need to know that there's hope for them, that God could, if he did it for me, he'll do it for anybody. And so, yeah, that's just a word for anyone listening. If, if God is calling you to step out and be bold and share your story, let him use it because it brings him glory. It pulls people closer to his heart and it gives people encouragement to know that they can, they can find that same freedom that you've found. So, so so good. I love this. I love this. So much. I love this conversation. I'm just so encouraged <laughs> listening to your story. And I know, I know other people are going to be so encouraged too. So Amen. what, Rebecca, what advice would you give anyone who is listening that has loved ones that are in the bondage of addiction? Um, number one, pray, 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 pray for them. Um, and don't give up. And also I just want people to realize that people that are in addiction are not happy they do not want to be there. It may appear that they're fine and that they want to do what they're doing, but it's only because they're medicated and they're medicated because they don't want to feel what they're feeling. Um, I love people in addiction and I always will because for one, obviously I was one, but I just know that they are in so much pain. People don't realize at first, yes, it may have started, you know, going to parties and having fun. But if it becomes an addiction, that's not fun. We're not out there having a good time. I wanted to end my life so many times because it was so miserable. And the one thing that my parents did that I love them so much for is they looked it up. They looked up what it's like to be a crack addict. And they studied it to, to actually know what I was going through so that they could help me better. So if I have any good suggestion for any parents or any family members that are going through that, look it up and do just do some study work. Try to figure out what they're going through instead of just looking at them and being angry with them. Don't be angry. I also remember coming home and my mom having her arms wide open in the garage to hug me. That helped me. You know, I just needed love. She used to send me scriptures over my phone. She texted me scriptures all the time. When I got home, I saw her Bible and my name written in all these scriptures that she was praying over me every single day. It took 10 years for me to come back. Long, long time, but I did. That's the whole point is that I did. And it's all because they didn't give up. They kept praying. They kept believing in God. And God is the only one that can in the end change anyone. 
Um, my parents couldn't change me and they knew that, but they knew who could and they gave me to him. And, you know, I just, I, I plead with people to never give up on them and to always love them and to always try to help them because they need it and they actually want it, even though it may appear that they don't. Mm, that is so good. And as you're just sharing, I just kept hearing in my own spirit, like, keep contending for the breakthrough. And I love that you shared how long you were in your addiction. And it was just like, I was addicted. And then I was set free. Like it was a long, it was several years. And your parents just did not give up. They kept standing on the word of God. They kept praying and believing for you to come out of that. And then here you are. And so, yeah, not giving up. And I love that you talked about not being judgmental and critical. And it just reminded me of just the word compassion, how Jesus always had compassion on the multitudes. And so not just the multitudes on everybody like you see so much in the gospels about just that word jesus he had compassion he had compassion he had compassion and so we have to have compassionate hearts toward everybody whether they're in addiction or whatever whatever sin cycle we find ourselves in like having compassion for people and loving people right where they're at and i had a mentor a few years ago that that she shared this illustration with me that stuck with me and it was talking about how we're called to be fishers of men and she's like we catch the fish god cleans them up but so often we want to clean the fish fish before we take them off the hook or even before we even put the reel out like we just want to clean people up and it's like that is not our job our job is to love people encourage them in the word you know whatever mentor people and all those things are important but god is the only one who can truly transform a life and so i love everything you shared amen Do you have any other encouragement on your heart or anything else that you want to share with the podcast community? Um, just to, just to reach out to somebody if you're struggling and to not keep it a secret, um, to let somebody know anybody, anybody that you trust and just to ask for prayer and, uh, I don't know, just not to keep it a secret. That's the biggest thing that I can think of right now, because I do, I feel like there's a lot of people out there right now that are just ashamed and discouraged and they don't want to talk about it because they think though that somebody's going to judge them. And so I would say that to both people on both sides, don't judge when somebody comes to you when they have a problem and those who do have a problem, please try to find someone that you trust and just let it out. Um, Because that's when the devil can't affect you anymore. And that's when the Lord jumps in. You just got to let it out and let the truth be told. And so you can start the healing process. Mm, That is so good. And then my next point is just to have you share with listeners how they can connect with you. And I just want you to throw that out there, one, because you're amazing, but two, because there may be people listening who literally don't have anybody that they can reach out to. So I would love for you to share how people can connect with you. Maybe you could be that person for them. Yeah, I actually have an email. I have two emails, but this email I don't use very often. So I thought I would just throw this one out there if anybody has anything that they want to share, because I am definitely someone who's not going to judge. And um, I would obviously be a stranger. So it would probably be pretty easy and I can just give the best encouragement I can and um, lead them in the right direction on where they can go for help if they need to do that, if it's that far or just um, pray with them, anything. But um, my email is Rebecca77Morris at gmail.com. And it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-7-7-M-O-R-R-I-S at gmail. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I am just so encouraged by this conversation. And I know that everyone that listens is going to be encouraged and inspired. So thank you for taking the time to be on here. Would you close us out in prayer? Yes. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much, and we thank you that we have an opportunity to share our stories, Lord God, so that we can help your people, God. I pray, Lord God, that you would touch every listener right now, Lord God, with a special anointing. I pray, Lord God, that if anybody's struggling right now, that they're going to reach out to someone today, God. And I pray, Lord, that the people that are dealing with family members and friends that are in addiction, Lord, I pray that you would give them the wisdom and the discernment that they need to be able to help them, to give them the grace that they need to bring them into the arms of you, God, so that they can have them run into your presence, Lord God, and to be able to give them life. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just encourage everyone right now, Lord God, after this podcast, God, and I pray that they would be able to know what you want them to do, Lord God, and to know that they have a purpose, God, and that they know that life is not over. This is not the end, that they can start over, that they can start fresh, no matter how many times they need to do it, God, let them know that they can always run back to you, God, because you are always always waiting for them. Lord, we love you and we praise you, God. I pray that you would just overwhelm them with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, and give them the courage that they need to come forward, God. And we love you. We praise you and we just trust you in everything in our life right now, God. I pray also, Lord, that you would bless Janice right now in her ministry, Lord God, and that you would just give her wings to fly, God, and that she would go wherever you need her to go, Lord God. And I just pray a blessing over her in Jesus' name. We love you so much, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 